You're listening to The Best in Wealth Podcast, episode number 31. This is The Best in Wealth Podcast, a show for successful family stewards who want real answers about wealth and investing so we can feel secure about our family's future. At The Best in Wealth Podcast, we think differently about wealth and investing. You should too. All right, here we go, my friends. Welcome to another show of The Best in Wealth Podcast. My name is Scott Wellens. This is a show dedicated to helping real people, that is you, my friend, build real wealth so together we can take family stewardship to the next level. I am a certified financial planner, an educator, and a wealth advisor, and it is awesome to be with you guys today as we take another dive into the world of investing and wealth building and family stewardship with our money. Today's episode, I titled Dynamic Investing. And we're going to get into this in just a second. But before we do, I'm wondering how many people out there have kids that are young? Young, I mean kids in elementary school because I have a couple of them. I have one that's in college right now, got a big gap between, and then two that are in elementary school, one that's in first grade and one that's in third grade. And we don't have cable television. I cut the cord a couple of years ago. However, we do have a PlayStation 3 attached to our big screen TV where we get all the different apps to watch things like Netflix and Amazon Prime. And there's even a YouTube channel so you can watch YouTube on our big 52-inch TV. And my kids, they love watching YouTube videos. And today they were watching this video, which was absolutely ridiculous to me, but they enjoyed watching the video. And it was about a girl or a couple girls that were at one of their favorite kid clothing stores. Can't even remember which one it was. And she was trying on outfits and shopping and looking at stuff while somebody was recording her. And that, I guess, was a good video for them to watch. There was another video where there was this girl, looked like she was in this gigantic house, and she was opening up gifts that she was said something like she gets a new gift in the mail every single week. And of course, my first grader is like, Dad, why don't I get a gift in the mail every week? And I thought for a second, and I looked at both of them, and I said, Hey, would you rather live in a big mansion and get a nice gift in the mail every week? However, you wouldn't have me as a dad. In fact, you might not have a dad at all. Or... Would you rather live in the house you're living with, no gift coming in the mail every week, because there's not a gift coming in the mail every week for my kids, and have me for a dad? I took a deep breath, wondering, how are they going to answer this question? And they both looked at me in the same time they looked at me and said, we would rather have you for a dad. So that made me feel really good. In fact, you know what that made me feel? Like I am actually building some abundance in my family cornerstone. 
That maybe 10 years ago, I would work and work and work and I'd travel a lot and I wouldn't see my kids very often. And I've traded that in for an awesome business and to be talking to you guys right now, but at the same time, being very mindful of my family and spending time and building abundance in my family cornerstone. My question to you is, what is your most important thing? Once you answer that question, whatever it is, it may not be my thing, but what's your most important thing? My question to you is, are you building abundance in that cornerstone? Because my friends, that's what it's all about. Let's get to the topic of the day. Okay, here we go. Topic of the day, dynamic indexing. Wow. Okay. So I just made up the word dynamic indexing. Okay. Just because I wanted to have something to differentiate ourselves from last week's episode, which was episode 70, index investing. Because what we're going to talk about today is a type of index investing, but it's not in the traditional sense. In unpacking this, is going to be a little difficult to do, but I think it's worth your while because, again, as family stewards, we need to invest our money that's in the best interest of our family. So let's review real quick. This is kind of a three-part series. You don't need to go back and listen to episodes 69 and 70, but I do highly encourage it. And if you are going to, please go to bestandwealth.com, click on episode 69 and then 70 and give those a listen or listen through your iTunes app on your phone or however you are listening to this podcast. So we came to the conclusion in episode number 69 that the old conventional way of investing just is not even close to in our best interest. In in episode 70, we learned about index funds and why that is way better than the conventional methods. However, we learned even within indexing in the classical sense that there are flaws. There are three major flaws, loss of control, trading disadvantage, and style drift. And we're going to talk about a way to invest to take advantage of these three things instead of have them actually have a portfolio that isn't as efficient as it should be. So why did I choose dynamic indexing? In the traditional indexing sense, and if you're unfamiliar with index funds, you need to go listen to episode number 70. In the traditional indexing approach, there is some rigidness to it. But there are companies out there that takes the rigidness out of it. So when I say why I use dynamic is because dynamic, the adjective, is a process or system characterized by change, activity, and progress. And the noun is a force that stimulates change or progress within a system or process. Like evaluation is part of the basic dynamic of the project. And indexing is so rigid. So when I talk about dynamic indexing, now we can pay attention to our companies that are inside of our indexes every single day instead of just reconstituting once or twice a year and take these disadvantages and turn them into advantages. That's all we're trying to do here. 
So let's look at those three disadvantages and how we can turn them into advantages. So the first one was loss of control. In traditional indexing, a manager holds a basket of stocks in attempt to closely replicate the commercial benchmark. If you are trying to start a small cap fund, then your benchmark may be the Russell 2000. Your whole goal is to buy every company in that Russell 2000. However, the very first people that developed, that started index investing in the first place in the early 1970s, not at the Vanguard Group, but at Wells Fargo. Those are the people that said there is some rigidness inside of and some disadvantages inside of index funds as the years went out. And here's how we can alleviate that. And the first was loss of control. Here's where we can add some control. Let's actually pay somebody a modest wage to look at these indexes every single day. There's something in the market called momentum. When a company is doing well, it tends to continue to do well for a period of time. When a company is doing bad, it tends to continue to do bad. So here I am developing my index fund and it's reconstitution day. If I'm Just following the commercial index, I need to sell companies that may have positive momentum. Why on earth would I want to do that? And at the same time, I'm forced to buy companies that have negative momentum. Why would I want to do that? I wouldn't. You see, momentum has shown that through history, you can gain an advantage in the marketplace by following momentum. But the downside is there's so much cost to trading that that whole momentum becomes washed up in expenses and you no longer have an advantage. However, if you have a dynamic index fund, you can either not buy or buy because of momentum. Now you can use the strategy within the index fund itself, eliminate all those trading costs, and you have just gained control of that index fund through positive and negative momentum. That, my friends, is making sure that you do not lose control. In a commercial index, there's always companies we don't want to buy or companies we don't want to sell. But that decision is out of our hands unless we have control, such as in a dynamic index. Number two advantage or disadvantage of an index fund is through trading. We talked about last time that reconstitution happens once a year, maybe twice a year in commercial indexes. They're forced to sell the companies that no longer fit inside of their index box and buy companies that now fit inside the box. And everybody knows when they're going to reconstitute, so there's a trading disadvantage. That bid-ask spread we talked about last week is high meaning it's going to be expensive to trade these couple of times a year. The stocks that we need to buy and sell are not on sale. We, As family stewards, we want to buy at a sale. So why not have somebody getting a modest salary, looking at our dynamic indexes every single day, 
to gain a trading advantage instead of a trading disadvantage. Let's go back to that index, that that small cap index. And if we're trying to get the small cap asset class, well, we're going to have most of the same companies as the index fund because we have about 2,000 U.S. small companies to choose from. But if I'm looking at the list every day, and when it when when a company I need to buy, if that bid ask spread is high, let's not buy it today, man. Let's wait until tomorrow. Let's wait until next week. We can be patient. We don't need to get that in the box today. And the opposite is true too. For all those people that are trying to beat the market and using the and using the conventional methods of trying to beat the market, let's say they desperately want to buy a company that we're holding in our index. Well, that person that's looking at the index every day might say, listen, hey, if you really want to buy this company from me, fine, but I'm going to charge you this large bid-ask spread. I'm not going to make that company on sale for you because that manager looking at the index every day it's like i'll sell this at a premium because i know i can go buy this other company that has the same risk return characteristics falls in the small company box i'll sell this one at a high price to this company that desperately wants it and now i'll go buy this other company at a very cheap bargain because they both in essence to the index fit inside the box I know this is way in the weeds, guys, but this is how you can take a trading disadvantage and turn it into an advantage. And every time we do things like this, we're adding incremental value to the mutual fund. And that's our goal. Let's continue to add value. And the third and final disadvantage of an index fund is what's called style drift. If somebody is only reconstituting once or twice a year, all the days that they're not reconstituting, there's all kinds of companies that are that now no longer fit inside the box. Companies became bigger than the small cap. And if it's a small cap value, companies are no are now more growth orientated than value. So we have what we call style drift. If your original intention was to own the small cap index, but five months later, 10 or 20% of the companies are not even small cap anymore. Well, now you have what's called style drift, which completely changes the risk and return characteristics of your overall portfolio. You're out of whack because of style drift, because of commercial indexes being so rigid and only reconstituting once or twice a year. So how do we alleviate that? Well, the same group of people that are looking at the indexes every day, that's exactly what they're trying to do, is trying to prevent style drift. So every day when a company falls outside of that box and a new company falls inside of that box for our index, we are going out with our shopping list every single day to bring ourselves back into the asset class and not have style drift. We're going to be patient. We may not buy all the companies every day, 
if that bid ask spread is high, but we're eventually going to do it. And we're going to do it a lot sooner than your traditional index fund. That is how you prevent style drift within index funds. This is why I call this dynamic indexing. But your question probably is, how in the world do I get a piece of this? As a family steward, how in the world, who do I go to? If if active management, traditional management doesn't work very well and indexing doesn't, who do I go to? Well, you know that I have a favorite mutual fund company, and that is Dimensional Fund Advisors. And why they are my favorite is they were the people that are there today are the people some of the people that were there in the early 70s developing that very first index. And they then built upon and built upon through research dynamic indexes that can alleviate all the disadvantages of traditional indexing. That's why I like dimensional. They were the very first. And on top of that, looking back at old episodes, you'll hear me talk about the small cap advantage, the value advantage, the profitability advantage. And nobody does that better than dimensional. Now, there are other companies that are trying to mimic what Dimensional does. I uh, talked about an episode maybe 10 or 12 or 15 ago called The Active Passive Powerhouse. That was all about a Wall Street Journal article about Dimensional Fund Advisors where they just moved from the eighth largest to the sixth largest company. But even within that article, they mentioned that because... Dimensional was doing so good that there's other competitors that have sprouted up. And one of those companies was AQR Capital Management. And when I go and search, because as a fiduciary, I need to keep searching for other investment philosophies, people that are doing this dynamic indexing better than Dimensional or for cheaper or longer track record but really when I look right now in my opinion nobody's really coming close when you hear the terms like smart beta investing factor-based models multiple factors connected factors those are all approaches that are similar to the dimensional approach using value and small, but a lot of these are using ETFs, so they have zero of these trading advantages that I talked about already. And that's what I'm after, is not only do we want to make sure we tilt our investments towards the small in value and profitability, but we get this advantage through trading. And my friends, I'm going to keep searching for solutions that may be better than dimensional, but right now I am not finding anything even close. All right, here we go. That's going to finish up this, I guess, three part series. Because you have a decision to make as a family steward and how you're going to get that money invested. And you need to know the research that is out there about traditional management. That you need to know. That's part of what I'm trying to do here is inject more and more knowledge 
into you as you become and get to financial freedom. And, you know, that was me years and years ago, was trying so hard and studying so much to try to find the very best solution for my investments and for my family. And for the longest time, once I learned about indexing, that's what I did. I was in traditional index funds. I didn't think you could ever get anything better as a family steward until one day I read an article in uh, Kiplinger's magazine, and it was an article called This Is Rocket Science. And it was the very first time that I've learned about DFA or Dimensional Fund Advisors. And that's when I spent literally the next couple of years researching them and any other company that may have come close to their style and have come to the conclusion that as a family steward, I think this is the best place for my money. That's why I talk so highly about Dimensional that's how I, why I talk so highly about index funds and now dynamic indexing. Hey, if you have questions, you email me, scott at bestinwealth.com. If you need help wanting to get into Dimensional, I'd be happy to talk to you about it. Or find somebody in your area that, that uh, is an approved Dimensional Certified Financial Planner. But until then, friends, I got to go. But you guys, keep on keeping on. And like me, never stop researching. Listen, listen to these podcasts and everything else to make sure you're making the very best decision. I will see you on the flip side. Bye-bye. The Best in Wealth Podcast is hosted by Scott Wellens. Scott Wellens is the principal at Fortress Planning Group. Fortress Planning Group is a registered investment advisory firm regulated by the Securities Act of Wisconsin in accordance and compliance with securities laws and regulations. Fortress Planning Group does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through the Best in Wealth Podcast. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice.